But the Ode to My Father film makes the assumption that they'll just do their Korean thing. And it's, he's not, he's not stupid. Like uh, he's not like Forrest Gump in that he's dumb or anything. Mm -hmm. It's more like he is his own crotchety personality. (laughs) And like, instead of being stupid, he's more like just, he's kind of more like a nice guy who's sort of like a grouch sometimes. And it just kind of takes you through. And it's more of a, it's very funny. It has like all funny parts in it, like Forrest Gump, but it's never, the humor is never like, oh, this dopey guy just yeah. happens to be there. It's mm-hmm. more like he in the hijinks of just trying to like get through the Korean War and then through the Vietnam War and stuff like meets famous people. There's a famous singer guy at one point that he's uh, in the military with and he like bumps into him, his platoon bumps into him and he's just like, He's like, ooh, whatever. You know, they like play this guy up and he's got like pompadour hair and stuff. I'm like, I don't know who this famous guy is. But then of course later they show him and he's like singing and he's yeah. old again. Like the main character's mm-hmm. old again. Yeah. And he's like, no, that guy's the best singer ever. And the younger generation's like, no, this modern pop star is the best singer. And he's like, no, you're wrong. I fought the military with that guy. You're a bunch of like fools. Anyway, um, so now that we know there's a Bollywood one, I would relish – yeah. Each country having their own version. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and you know the music in the Bollywood ones that'd be just awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I for the sake of uh not being um racist, I would never try and replicate it with my mouth. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that there is a certain style which I appreciate. Uh I don't yeah, know if you guys Bollywood, sure, sure, Indian absolutely. dance music. Yeah. I um the Pretty my good. first exposure to that was uh Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire. millionaire where yeah. at the end, they have That's the dance up. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. All right, so speaking of movies, without further ado, let's get into it, boys. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to the House Plants Podcast. What are we here to talk about, boys? Probably some music. Media, 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 media. And the mission of Jesus. And uh, movies. Lots. Specifically, one movie we've been talking about it. We've been right. hinting about, about it. Yeah, we've you, talked about this on multiple episodes. Yes. It'd be funny to go back and like trace through all the times we've mentioned. <laughs> just do an episode where we talk about Forrest Gump. <laughs> if there was a way for me to track that down, I don't think there is. But it'd be great <laughs> if, if I edited the beginning and it's like, yeah, I mean, we should just talk about you know Forrest Gump and we get a chance to. Oh, we do need to do this episode where we just talk about one movie, probably Forrest Gump. That'd be really cool for you. Yeah. So this, yeah, this podcast is the promised one. (laughs) Finally here. So, so uh, for everybody who um, has maybe grown up or at least done like youth Christian program stuff that's listening to this podcast, some of you may have actually experienced a message or something like this from your pastor. For a time in like the mid 2000s, all the way into like the mid 2010s period, it was kind of a cool or popular thing to like examine a movie through the lens yeah. of a Christian. Mm-hmm. Our churches that do that still to this day. Yeah, our pastor Jake, he had done one like that for Lord of the Rings, which I think I remember that very fascinating yeah. to, to do that as well. Um, and so we, who I, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody even talk about Forrest Gump, but if you really examine Forrest Gump. There is so much God in that movie. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I've even, in the pursuit of doing research, actually found out that there are Christian reviews of it where they yeah. pick apart every little little, little spot. I don't know mm-hmm. if you, you saw this or not, but when I was Google searching, I actually saw like people's seminary papers. Yeah. Like people did like research 
thesis stuff on Forrest Gump. Really? And the theology behind it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, it's... we're gonna we're gonna get into this first. We should do some worship, but I will just say you're in for a ride because uh, we are gonna talk about almost every you know interesting moment of this film as much as we can squeeze into one episode. Yeah, before we get into anything uh, concerning Forrest Gump and all of the facets of God that exists within it, we are gonna do some worship. And uh, yeah, buddy. for our worship title this time, uh, Zach, why don't you tell us about Gloria Patrick? It's just based on uh, an old liturgical saying that's actually from the second century. Um, it's Latin, right? To say that it's Latin is somewhat correct because Gloria Patri means glory <laughs> to the Father. <laughs> Inside In joke, Latin. sorry. Zach, Zach uh, told me he was like, Colin, let me just let me let me just let you know here that your song was more Latin. Mine is last time you listen to Lift the Gates, which is actually in the Latin style, but sung in English. Oh man, yeah. This one's also it's an English translation of an old Latin like liturgical saying. Glory to the Father, glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, um, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Wow, Gloria Patri says that. That's crazy. Um, world without end. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right, so, all that. that. That's all what it means. So uh, here we go.
Daddy, we thank you so much for this chance to come together uh, uh, as men of God, uh, seeking your will um, and seeking uh, your voice and in all things throughout the world. Uh, we know that all creation uh, groans for you, um, and you, we know that you've, uh, you've called us to be part of that creation process in some capacity. We thank you for how you continue to, to use uh, so many different things in our world to point to you. Uh, we praise you for how you continue to uh, to move past uh, uh, our, the transgressions we have against each other um, and, uh, and how you've you brought us so far along and continue to bring us further towards your glory every passing day. We praise you for how you continue to bless us. And we ask that, you, that we uh, uh, are your voice and represent you well here today. Here's some time we pray. Amen. Amen. Good prayer. Awesome. All right. So. Cool. I mean, for our generation, this movie is, in my opinion, one of the biggest. I don't think you can get out of the 90s without at least knowing a little bit about Forrest Gump. I mean, you would you would have had to have at least caught it on TV or something, even if you were trying to avoid it. It was everywhere. Ubiquitous. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was even shown multiple times in uh, in high school. Uh, yeah. For uh, just as based on assignment for that for that class period. Yeah, we're gonna watch Forrest Gump today. That's a great lazy like replacement for teaching, especially social <laughs> studies. Yeah. Um, because it's American history, right? You know, sure. American history through the yeah. eyes of uh, of him. Um, so, um, yeah, it was it's definitely a lazy way. But the great thing about this film is that it is in so many ways. Um, accurately depicts aspects of these historical events. Now, it's through a lens of one particular yeah. individual. Especially how one person was behind it all. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great joke of the film, though. That's what makes the yeah. film so hilarious. Mm -hmm. And besides that, like I think even without all the American history set pieces, it would still be a really, really great movie because of the character development, the story. I mean, it's classic. Would you guys agree with that? I would say that you could get rid of Nixon and stuff and it would still be like an awesome movie. <laughs> I, I want to say this about the film because I feel like um, we really don't give it enough credit to the, the messages sometimes of movies. People, mm -hmm. my, my biggest thing, my biggest joy when I watch a film is whether or not there's a, like a conclusion, like, I love my biggest thing is character stories, and I yes. differentiate that between like the story in general. I think sure, I'm sure. more into characters than even plot sometimes, depending on what it is. Because the yeah. characters and the way they develop mm -hmm. is a lesson in and of itself. Yeah, and so for me to feel like I've related something is the character story, and so um, in this case of this film, the character story is the main story, mm -hmm. which is his experience and what he learns and his relationships and his whole life and the conclusion of his life uh well it's not the conclusion of his life necessarily because the the beautiful sure. message at the end is that his story keeps going mm -hmm. but the conclusion of a character story meaning his character development with his other character jenny and lieutenant dan and all these other people so we we love to talk about movies. Uh, you've heard us talk about Christmas movies and stuff like that. But a lot of times, there's always like, let's pick five, talk about them, this yeah. kind of thing. But we realized that you, we could spend an entire episode, uh, episode dissecting just one mm -hmm. and still have like four episodes. We do a whole series 
And I guarantee you could probably do a whole series on Forrest Gump if we really wanted yeah. to. We're, we're not going to do that, but <laughs> no, 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 we're not going to. <laughs> not yet, at least. No, but but, but we, at this point, we could. We most certainly could. We could do the the crazy thing where we just see us see how far we can get. But no, we're we're pretty organized. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that Zach and me have talked about with this movie over and over and over again is one of the things that Forrest Gump is amazing at is following orders. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that Zach, you would say that's a superpower. It is like a superpower he has. But I had that realization about the movie. Yes, it is yeah, recently. But what's interesting is that um. The aspects that make up the complexity of his character mm-hmm. are actually a lot of tenant-type things the scripture tells us to be like, which is interesting. Yeah. So what's funny is – what one of the things I wanted to do first – Do you want to go and do some, like, yeah. personification? Thing? Yeah, okay. So first I'm going to say Forrest yeah. Gump's mom – Okay. Uh, is probably these are like little like you could take any of these and just use them as like a youth group devotional. You want <laughs> yeah. to, these are yeah. just little uh, snippets. So thank you know you're welcome. We'll give you these. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are ridiculous. So to some um, extent, I guess you would have to say that uh, Forrest Gump's mom is like Ruth mm-hmm. because she was really wise and strong and overcame a lot of adversity in her life, That's including. The principal that said her son couldn't get into school. Who's definitely not a Boaz. No, he's definitely not a <laughs> I would say that um, in the scene where um, Lieutenant Dan returns yeah. and uh, Forrest Gump sees him while he's on the boat and he jumps off, that, uh, to me, Forrest is Peter yeah. and Lieutenant Dan is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, I'll jump off the boat for you. <laughs> to the wall. Lieutenant Dan! <laughs> and then he's like, that's my boat, after it crashes into the dock. <laughs> um, we did this about Star Wars, too. I guess I guess I, I always see like some of the icons, like uh, Elijah and stuff like that. Um, I would say that uh, Lieutenant Dan... Mm, I don't know. You did. You did tell me one about Elijah, and it's Forrest like running in the wilderness, yeah, <laughs> trying to find a quiet place. So the funny thing, the funny thing is that with Elijah, when he gets scared of Jezebel, yeah, he runs off, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what's funny is that Jenny leaves, and it like scars him, yeah. and he runs. He just gets up and runs away, right? Um, and uh, <laughs> and his whole in the movie, the whole point of him running is to get over like the past and like mm-hmm. yeah. get over his like wounds and his regrets or whatever. Um, but in Elijah's case, he goes, runs out into the wilderness to be alone, <laughs> but then God speaks to him in a still small voice yeah. and it like kind of recharges him to go yeah. back. And so what's funny is that he, <laughs> I think he's okay with being alone for his gun is, but then all the people follow him. Yeah. So he's not really alone. <laughs> So it's not really a one for one, but it's pretty close. <laughs> no, I, no when, when when we were preparing this and you all were going through these, I was telling I was telling my bride about this, and she thought this was hilarious, and so she actually helped me contribute to this. Okay, one. please. And so that is when he plays football. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Gump is is Paul running for the goal Christ set before him. Yes, <laughs> that's good. That the youth <laughs> devotional writes itself. <laughs> it's so good. I guess the only other one is like the classic um, when he's in Vietnam and he goes into the jungle to save everybody right before the jungle gets bombed. That's Jesus saving all the sinners from hell. And he's just 
he's just searching after people. <laughs> well, you could say that he is God, and those people are like Adam and Eve, and it's like God going like, where are you? I'm looking for you in the woods. That's true. And they he's were hiding in the woods. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. All right. There was so, one guy that was, like, covered in leaves, so. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, to be clear, that's just not what our episode is about. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we're, just, we're just starting to, we're just recording. <laughs> this, was, this was just something funny we, we came up with. And yeah. So, um, there's it. a part where uh, Lieutenant Dan is, like, making out with some girl on New Year's, and she says, will your friend do for or something? And he throws her off the bed and gets really mad. Yeah. It's kind of like, is it Elisha who says, like, Hey, hey, Baldy. Oh, no, the kids say, hey, Baldy. And, yes. And, and then Elijah calls down bears. He's like, well, don't say insults to a smart guy like Lieutenant Ben, yeah. a.k.a. Elijah. Because <laughs> technically, if you really wanted to say, Lieutenant Dan does have a spiritual revival yeah. through Forrest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if Forrest Gump is the one who comes before, in a way, Forrest yeah. would be Elijah and Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan. Dan would be Elisha, yeah. who wants a double portion, who then, you know, gets this renewed yeah. vigor and gets married and has a happy life, shaves his face. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> now that that's our favorite part of it. Um, so, Zach, let's talk, before we get into the quotes here, let's talk about him following orders. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like a base attribute of his character, I guess. So, And it develops over time. That's right. If you watch kind of what he goes through. Well, well it's, it's, a, it's a theme throughout the movie. So each of these little things we're about to talk yeah. about are themes of him throughout the film. And so I put it as things Forrest Gump is wise about. And mm-hmm. I don't just mean him as a character. I mean, the movie Forrest Gump is wise about. It does teach a lot of wisdom in a way. Because yeah. some of this wisdom actually comes from the mom or from Lieutenant Dan mm-hmm. or from even yeah. from Jenny at some times. Yeah. But um, the movie itself mm-hmm. is speaking from a place not of intelligence but of wisdom. And I, mm-hmm. I will make a distinction about that at some point. That's a really good observation. That's a great way of putting yeah. it. So I, I've always believed this. I don't know the actual literal definition from biblical stuff. I will, I will maybe like meander through that. Uh, but – um, I've always thought that wisdom uh-huh. is is experience that leads to almost like an experience based foreknowledge in some regard. Yeah, uh, intelligence is learned mm-hmm. knowledge, right? Yeah. So the difference well, there's is, knowledge that you can have in your head, right? But wisdom is knowledge applied. It's applied in it, and it changes like who you are as a person. It's you like being willing to actually like learn and internalize things right and so when well but but again intelligence too like yeah. his ability to understand or whatever they want to say he's got the low iq right he 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 doesn't have what i would call the like obvious answer everybody else from society yeah. has but the the good thing about that is that it leads to a much more wisdom-based yeah. lifestyle yeah. Yeah. where he only he only lives based on what his wise mother, some port, uh, important people in his life tell him and his experiences as yeah. a person. Yeah. So anyway. But yeah, he's really, really good at following orders and that makes him like a really good soldier in the military. Like there's the scene where the drill sergeant is like, Gump, how did you put that weapon together so quickly, Gump? <laughs> oh and he God. says... 
I know. He says, because you told me. Because you told me to. Yeah. <laughs> and he's always saying that, like, um, Jenny tells him to run. If there's trouble, of course, you just run. And, yeah. and people tell him that his whole life in yeah. the military scene, when he's a kid and the kids first pelt him with rocks, and yes. he's like, run for us. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the football scenes, you know, it came to the point where they actually had signs that said, you know, go and then and then stop. stop. So, so, so this is pretty obvious that run, Forest run is like a theme yeah. throughout the film. Oh yeah, yeah, it became the obvious catchphrase. And even if, even if you've never seen the movie, everyone in our culture knows that phrase. But what's interesting is, at first blush, it it assumes like the the audience assumes that he is just kind of like deer in the headlights doing what he's told. Mm-hmm. But we get. Further down as we go, we're going to learn that yeah. there, there are times when he like deliberately doesn't do that. Yeah, which oh, denotes yeah. wisdom on his part. Because like at a certain point, caring for people becomes more important. So he has a hierarchy of of things that motivate him to do what he does, which is everybody. Yeah. But he is uninhibited by like a lot of headiness. Yeah. So his look at the world and his wisdom comes from like a very innocent look at like right and wrong. Yeah. So I love the following orders thing. You already said the one quote. I have the other one. Uh, there's a scene where he like gives her his congressional medal of honor. Yeah. And she's like, I can't have that. You know, you can't just give me that. And he goes, well, I got it just from doing what you told me to do. Yeah. And so the, the way that links up is in the Vietnam scene when Bubba and Lieutenant Dan and all of them are first getting bombed. He says, run, GD, you know, just run away. Mm-hmm. And he books it and he goes, because he's so fast, uh, That's he's he's just a very fast runner. He's way ahead of everybody and survives first mm-hmm. through the first initial wave of like mortar blasts yeah. and stuff. And he says, I ran just like Jenny told me to. Basically, yeah. But we're going to see as we go down, that he realizes that he needs to like decide now what the best thing is to do, not just to run. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Something deeper than just following instructions. Oh yeah. Takes over. And so I thought this uh, scripture was good. It's Paul in first Corinthians nine, verse 19. He says, though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many people as possible. And it's basically saying that like Paul was willing to serve others. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and but it was for a purpose it was to win people over to Christ. So so we can circle back to beauty and creation. I'll do, take that. But, Bob, do you want to talk about living righteously, a.k.a. right and wrong, like his understanding of that? If you want to just read that little section there. Yeah. Well, the, the big thing with this is that he picks up uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan, even though he's told to leave him there. Just leave me here. Just leave me here. Just leave me here. This is probably one of the first earliest examples we see him just really making that decision of breaking orders necessarily in mm. choosing what is right versus and what is wrong and to sit and making that decision. I would argue that um, he, he first makes a decision to do certain things when he sees that Jenny is being mistreated. That's true. Yeah. That's very fair. But it's not him being told to do something and disobeying. It's more like, I think it's, you know, he like prays with her. They become like kind of college age. Mm-hmm, and yeah. then, uh, the first time I think he goes to visit her in college and a guy is like trying to like yeah. sort of take advantage of her in the car. And he goes in and starts like wailing on the guy. Which is funny. He kind of pulls a George McFly 
in a way. Where it's Robert Zemeckis, the same director. That's right. <laughs> so, you're right. It's the first time he disobeys orders in the Vietnam part, which yeah. then becomes a theme later where he, like, kind of yeah. evolves as a person, starts making his own mind mm-hmm. about right and wrong. But I was going to say, one of the things, just reiterating that, is the right and wrong thing about Jenny. That is true. Yeah. He, he's very much, uh, and, and yeah, anytime when Jenny's in trouble um, or being treated bad, period, you know, he, he, he's, he's always, we, 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 we see him definitely focusing on that as well. That, you're right, that probably is the earliest instance we see in the film. Of, it of is a pivotal point. Harris. It's a pivotal point where he makes a decision to directly disobey orders. Because what, yeah. we, well, yeah. what happens is that he punches that dude out, and she goes. Oh, like, you're still talking about yeah. Well, what, what I mean, what part. I mean is he he does that that time. Mm-hmm. He then does it later when he sees her. Um, it kind of shows that he uh, that, that, he that has the, an he has an understanding of concert, right and wrong. Yes, uh, the, yeah. uh, that the uh, Black Panther. Well, the Black Panther rally, I believe, is after the war. It's after the yes. war. So yes. the first time he's in college, he beats the guy in yeah. the car. The second time, he's in the military but gets leave and goes and sees her at some kind of, like, dive, like, bar yeah. concert thing. And she's, like, naked playing the guitar. And they try and, like, grab her and be inappropriate. And he, like, tries to pick her up. And she says, like, get off me, man. As mad. if the entire situation isn't already inappropriate, but he, it's, like, over his head. Right. Which is funny. <laughs> Well, it's more funny because, again, that right and wrong thing of being like, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're playing like, music yeah. naked or if you are just sitting right. there, if a guy tries to inappropriately, like, grab yeah. you or throw yeah. Because I think he throws, like, he throws, like, alcohol on her or something. And so he starts, like, roughing up the guys and picks her up. Mm-hmm. But then the final time, like you said, Bob, is during the Black Panther rally, the guy straight up slaps yeah. her. And that is the the intensity. Yeah. Yes. Where you see his eyes go, like, wide and you hear, like... Uh, Hey Joe from like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix and you're like oh man it's yeah. slow mo he's about yeah. to whoop this right. guy yes yeah so I'm sorry I ruined your Black Panther he, party he is willing to <laughs> act and he's willing to stand up and even fight other people you know for what he sees as right well cl- but, uh, clearly you know vi- I'm not trying to say that violence is right or wrong right. But what I am trying to say is that he, he in his mind at least, is trying to stand up for and fight for what is what right. What is right. That's right. Yeah. The, whether or not he has a full understanding, you know, whatever. But, Zach, what's your little note there about that? Oh, just really, it's kind of more just again where it's a it's a pivot that happens slowly over the film. Yeah, you're because right about the Lieutenant Dan has, the has biggest his, example. He has his... Um, his motivation, which is following orders, but then he also has another motivation of right versus wrong. That's and right. so the point where it all comes into conflict is where he decides to run back into the jungle and save people going against the orders. And so that kind of shows the flip where it kind of like turn. And that's where he develops kind of the hierarchy you were talking about. Yeah. Where he's like, okay, I'm going to put right and wrong first. It's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, again, if you are a person who sees yourself as an intellectual, you might think of yourself as a person who is cultured, who could like describe a painting well. That might mm-hmm. be a thing you see as intellectualism. Yeah. Uh, so I like the the moments where he is appreciative of God's creation, beauty, that kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. So um, the first time that we kind of see – well, uh, not the first time, but these are two really good examples. And – the first one is he sees Little Forest, uh, mm-hmm. Hilly Jawsman, who is yeah. really cute. He's a cute little kid. Uh, he's now a full He's He has not yet seen <laughs> dead people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> that's right. He's a few years shy of it. But um, 
she asks, isn't he beautiful after Mm -hmm. he realizes it's his son and he says, he's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Which is really cute. Yeah. But then I love this speech he gives, which is so insightful, even though it's spoken with the, uh, the true like Bayou accent of Louisiana of, of, uh, Greenbow, Alabama. Alabama, not Louisiana. Alabama. I said Louisiana. <laughs> but he says, uh, so they're talking and she says, um, I wish I could have been there of, with you. Was it scary in Vietnam and stuff? And he says, well, sometimes it wasn't so bad because it would, you know, stop raining long enough for the stars to come out and then it was nice. And then he goes on and he says, and it's just like before the sun goes uh, to bed down the bayou. He's talking about when he's in the shrimping boats. Um, there's over a million sparkles on the water. And then he says, just like the mountain lake, and he's talking about when he's running, uh, shows on the screen, he's like, it was so clear, Jenny, it looked like uh, two skies, one on top of the other. And then the desert, when the sun comes up, I couldn't tell where heaven stopped and the earth began. And I think, Zach, you've actually been to this it area. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I think this desert part of like Colorado and yeah, Arizona and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is um, she she asks him, if she, if he was scared or if it was bad in Vietnam. And so he goes on this like little rant about beauty. Right. And obviously for the purpose of the movie, it's, it's a cool visual for him to kind of mm-hmm. like wrap up. Yeah. So yeah. relate, relate the went. whole story together. Mm-hmm. But really, if you think about him as a character, this isn't a departure for him at all. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is so insightful at random times where he gives like good pieces of wisdom or he talks about things that he appreciates, but a lot of times he is very he is so uh, focused that you don't know that he is like thinking those things. Like he's very yeah. closed mouthed a lot of the time, uh, and so a lot of the times you don't you don't know that that is like important yeah. to him or not. So I thought that was interesting that yeah. he gives a insight into all that. It kind of reminds me of like um, kind of the C.S. Lewis e idea, <laughs> if that yeah. could be a term I could use. Okay. Um, of just the fact that there's like a goodness beyond good, you know, like you yeah. look out and you see beauty and you see goodness in the world. It, it's pointing to something. Yeah. Like there has to be like an ultimate goodness, an ultimate beauty to where that comes from. And I think that subtly, I think Forrest kind of recognizes that, you know, like he recognizes that there's like actual beauty in the world. That's right. You know, that it's creation. Um. So you put a scripture here. Yeah. Um, what you got? It says, um, it's Psalm 27, four. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. Um, again, just like, and I think maybe, uh, King James translates it as like be to behold the beauty, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, right. So he at least has a, a an appreciation or um, yeah. what what beautiful things are, um, and it's it's not just uh, it's not just not just limited well, to yeah. a thing that looks pretty. Yeah. It's almost the concept of it, and then you mm-hmm. know his child being beautiful to him, his child seeming like almost perfect, like pointing to a creator that made that. Like that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, the fourth one, self sacrifice. Um, so Bob, you want to tell us a little bit about self-sacrifice? We, we can head back to the Vietnam yeah. stuff for a little bit if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Vietnam is one, is one of the most, uh, more obvious points of this once again. 
People call it the yeah, '90s Hacksaw Ridge. If you've ever seen Hacksaw Ridge, yeah, interesting so, comparison. Because he's the Mormon guy who like saves a bunch of people. He like goes yeah. back and saves more people. Um, interestingly enough, the jungles of Vietnam in Forrest Gump were filmed in uh, like around the Savannah, Georgia area, like in a state park. Wow. Real? Yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. A yeah. lot of a lot of Forrest Gump was filmed filmed in Savannah. And we saw some of it, like uh, the square where the buses were going around and he's sitting on the park bench. Yeah. We saw that on our honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Yeah, but but in here, uh, you know, we see where he, where he goes and out uh, looking for Bubba, right? And he ends up finding a bunch of members of his platoon in the process. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, like, well, I just have my one thing, he's like, yeah, he was so scared. Yeah. And so he, and so he defined direct orders here. Um yeah. You know, uh, in order to do so, where it's like, you know, you know, it's like, I'm, or they were telling that you know, they're calling it an air raid, you know, we're going to go right to, it's like, you need to get back here, GD, you know, and just cussing at him. He's like, I've got to find Baba, mm-hmm. you know, and so, uh, so, you, so you see that aspect of it. And then you see it again later on. Um, well, what was the quote? It's like, I think it was, uh, because I was a gazillionaire and because I like doing oh, so yeah, much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, cut the grass for free. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put that I put that extra stuff in there because it's it's more about him just being like, well, uh, since since uh, you know people are good to me and and I don't mind, I'm just yeah. going to do like nice I mean, things for yeah, people. He's mm-hmm. just giving his time just because he can. It, it, so I mean that is a level of self sacrifice. But I think probably probably one of the more monetarily good examples of this was where uh, was where he gave the the money back to to Bubba's family. He yeah. gives it. He gives it to, to, to church. I yep, believe that's right. He gives. He he does a. The church his mom and him always went to, and a lot of the ladies that stayed in their place had gone to. He funds that church. Like opening a hospital too, and it's the Bubba Gump Bayou uh, Medical Center. Or it's like the Bayou like Shrimp Boat Medical Center or something. Yeah. Something, something <laughs> like that. Bayou Labattery. Yeah, I remember. And then uh, he gives. He gives um, Bubba's mom. Yeah, the, uh, Bubba's share yes. of the business. Lieutenant Dan said I was crazy, but <laughs> yeah, said I was yeah, uh, yeah, I was nuts. And what's what we'll get into in a little bit is this is this interesting thing about how her how his outlook on African Americans is so pure and good. Um, mm-hmm. But he makes mention of these kind of racial inequalities, obviously at the time in the sixties. Yeah. Uh, but one of the quotes he makes, and we'll we'll touch back on this in a, in a little while, but he says um, after that, he says, well, one of the good things about Bubba's mama, she didn't have to work in anyone's kitchen no more. Yeah. And it shows right. it sh- it shows this collage of scenes where her her great grandmother and then her grandmother, yeah. they were all like service maids in kitchens. Mm-hmm. But then that final scene is like a white woman serving yeah. her food in a kitchen. And it's kind of an interesting, like, if you look at it that way, it's it's, it's an interesting thing. But, yeah, he basically had, uh, at that point, he had, I guess they got invested in Apple computers, which I think is funny, too. That was some kind of fruit company, company right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which I think is funny, too, because in the 90s, people were, like, already, like, they were like, oh, well, if I invested in Apple, I'm probably doing real good. Well, well and the 90s was actually the down period for Apple. That's the funny thing because that was kind of our childhood. Right. Uh, the only place you could ever find an Apple was really in school computer labs. That's right. But, IBM computers. Yeah, but, but by and large, Apple was rejected by much of society because yeah. because uh, the, the PC. But, but in this time frame, in this period, 
this is when the early 80s yeah yes yeah late 70s early 80s this was when the tech revolution was really beginning to take hold yeah even from a consumer level it was still heavily out of reach for most people but apple was the shining child rising uh rising up in this day and age and then uh he cuts the grass for free yeah yeah he does he football field he just mows the yard because he's like, well, I guess I have time to do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just think that's such a pure thing to think. Like, well, you know, they, they needed somebody to cut their grass, so I didn't mind to do it. Um, all right. So, Zach, what, what is yeah. what is Forrest Gump telling us about friends and family? Um, Forrest Gump, and, you know, we'll talk about a little bit more, but he's very, uh, very loyal to friends and family, and especially, like, his friend Bubba. And it's really funny because it's like the way that they met is just – simply the fact that they sat together on the bus that they literally like strike yeah. up a conversation on the bus and become like best friends instantly i, I want to make a quick <laughs> i want to make a quick observation then I'll, I'll let you continue that line of thinking uh, it's it's a comment towards what you just said early on in the movie he gets on the bus and he has the the uh, rickety legs he's got like the yeah, braces yeah and no no kid wants him to sit near him that's right but then Jenny is like, you can sit here if you want. Right. So they mirror that Best later friends. with yeah, Bubba. That's true. But mm-hmm. but somebody tried to make an argument earlier today, I like, saw this in a video, that there is no reason for them to be cold to him that time because he just looks like a normal guy and he doesn't have the brace on his legs. The problem is that they don't watch that full scene. In the beginning, it's him like transitioning into this part where he's walking onto the bus. He doesn't know mm-hmm. where he is. And the driver's like, and like like yells at him and yeah <laughs> it's funny because uh as much of a nonsense as that was it's kind of what the, how the guy says sure but sure. um it makes it establishes that he's like dumb as he gets on yeah. the bus which is why people treat him weird I think. Mm-hmm. yeah um thing kind of tell like and, but so so it's a similar yeah. thing but this time it's that he's like appearing like dumb or slow to people. Yeah. And they never really explain like Bubba's kind of personality too much, but I think he definitely also has some kind of awkwardness or you know, yeah, like, he, yeah. I, I wouldn't call him slow, but they, they, yeah. they insinuate that maybe he, because he's from Alabama as well. Yeah. And then later they show that it's just like a bayou house up on the edge yeah. of the lake and he's, stuff that maybe he comes from a, he's background. kind of a country bumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, We've already established that Forrest Gump is like, yeah. you know, kind of slow, and so it it's not exactly that neither neither one of them are dumb. Which is what's funny is they try yeah. and make this thing like, oh, they're both stupid, but both of them have like such yeah. wisdom. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's 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 apparent by the yes. end of the, their relationship. I, I guess I guess I would describe Bubba as like simple. Yeah, he's a very simple kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he just wants to get out of the army and start a shrimp company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, family and friends. So I, yeah. yeah, that those quotes are they make me cry. Yeah, definitely. So read them. Like after um, after Bubba dies, Bubba well, he's he is in the process of dying when yeah. he says this like oh, heart. Bubba heart was heart. Bubba was my best good friend. I had to make sure he was okay. Is what he says like yeah. when he goes back. But then he says Bubba was my best good friend, and even I know that I that ain't something you can just find around the corner. Bubba was going to be a shrimp and boat captain, but instead he died right there by that river in Vietnam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and somebody tried to make a comment about this as well in a review I read, 
saying that Forrest never really shows emotion and that he was like dumb to what was happening. That's actually not true at all. Yeah. He, he, he processes like everybody's grief looks different. Yeah, yeah. J- j- just because he doesn't show it the way that you I and think, I would doesn't I think mean he's he was not showing emotion. He was. No, he was. I don't know where that comes from. He's tired and he is yeah almost in shock at the situation. And when he's like not emoting and his face is blank, I think it's because he's trying to process something like really yeah. difficult. Yeah, and that is how a lot of people process things. Like you don't just see. A person just go <laughs> like freaking. It's not the it's not the same as Matthew Lillard from SLC Punk. <sighs> Holy posers die, you idiot! <laughs> that is all, hey. What if what if Forrest said that to Bubba? Holy <laughs> <laughs> posers die. He would be st- he would essentially be the pre pre punker. Yeah, because it's from the seventies at that time. Um, but I like this Proverbs uh verse here. Um, it says a man of many companies may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's from Proverbs 18, 24. Mm. Um, and so... It's not, the, it's not the number of friends you have. <laughs> I don't think so. It's, yeah, it's your closeness. And also, uh, you know, when he hears his mom is sick, he jumps in the water and just swims mm-hmm. back for home. Yeah. He is... I think there is actually another... Um, I think there's actually another uh, Proverbs uh, that has to deal with, it's not the like amount of friends you have, but I, uh, I, I can't find it here, but essentially uh, a paraphrasing, there's a proverb that says a, a man of many companions can be like brought to ruin. Yeah. Something. That's what you just read. <laughs> oh, a man of many companions oh, will come to ruin. I'm tired. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> But anyway, oh, you were like, no, it's not just this verse. There is another. <laughs> There's another verse in between uh, 24 and 25. I always knew it was there. <laughs> the mighty butcher. Oh, my God. Okay, so life and death. Oh Let's move right along here. Right. Life and death. So one of the great things about this film, which is, I think we're touching, the, the first big one is... Uh, the following orders versus nine, like you know, knowing right from wrong. Mm-hmm. This is another like I would say like oh, yeah. top of the chart. Okay, so we're kind of getting into death. like also destiny, which is like we right after it. that. So this, so destiny will yeah. end up being what I would this call ties our. In. It's all together. Our yeah. master message yeah. has to do with destiny and death. So, um, because in his life, his three of his four biggest relationships in his life end in death. Mm-hmm. I guess technically if you want to call Little Forest his like fifth biggest relationship. Yeah. But um But that's true. So his so the first quote we have on this is from uh him who is referencing what his mom says. So we'll start with what his mom said first. He says, uh, why are you dying after he finds out she's sick? And she says, It's just my she goes, It's just my time. It's just my time. <laughs> And then she says, don't be scared, sweetheart. Death is just another part of life, something we were all destined to do. And the mom has this thing about destiny, and so does Lieutenant Dan have this thing about mm-hmm. destiny. And both of them look at it from completely different angles, and Forrest, mm-hmm. it's like up to him to decide like what is the truth about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Lieutenant Dan, when he talks about destiny, it's when he's dragging, like it's late at night, and he is... I think they show him with the ping pong paddle and the ball on it, and he's like asleep with it. 
He says, I even play ping pong in my sleep. And then just mm-hmm. like, he just gets ripped off the bed, yeah. slammed on the ground. It's a sudden like jerky movement. And he says, he says, you know, don't you understand? Uh, and he says, I had a destiny. I was supposed to die on the field mm-hmm. with honor. That was my destiny. And you cheated me out of it. Oh, I love Gary Sinise. He is <laughs> absolutely amazing in that part. He, yeah. he should have won. A, if he didn't win an Oscar, he should have. Uh, but, you know, all award shows are political. So, Do you <laughs> understand what I am saying, Gump? That wasn't supposed to happen. Not to me. I had a destiny. And then he says, I was Lieutenant Dan Taylor. And then Forrest Gump responds, you're still Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. So what's interesting is they they preface that whole situation by saying, in his case, that a member of his family had fought and died yeah, in every American war. So it was that's a great revolutionary like, super civil. cut there. Oh, so good. Yeah. First uh, World War, Second World War, and it shows him all. You know, it's just the actor as the different ones. And so he believed De- Lieutenant Dan believed that if he didn't have the war thing, because he says he's like, "What am I going to do now?" At the end of that scene. And what's interesting is he believed at that point that him dying on the battlefield was like enough. That's like mm-hmm. the end of his story. And so it's almost like he's like, I just don't, I have nothing in my life now mm-hmm. to like even want to do. Uh, and especially since I've lost my legs now, you know, what good am I, right? Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is that that is a lesson taught to Lieutenant Dan that he still has a life yeah. to live. And that may have been his destiny instead. Or it may be an ever-changing destiny, depending. Mm-hmm. Whereas his mom said, we are all destined to die in in their point in time. Yeah. And so we are going to see that both things are true at mm-hmm. the end of this. But just just for a frame of reference, I've got no. this James quote. I'm sorry. What is it about? I, I got to say that I think Lieutenant Dan, I, I, I enjoy his character transformation so much more. Than I do gums and all. Honestly. A lot of people yeah. say that. No, no, obviously it's more extreme. It's more dramatic. Yeah. As opposed to Forrest just experiencing life, you see this this strong shift in Lieutenant mm-hmm. Dan. So, so, so it's it's easy to get caught up on that. I know, but I still thoroughly enjoy what uh, his transformation. So, so um, most people would say that that Forrest Gump is more like of a uh, observer through time in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you see Jenny go through an extreme transformation. You see yeah. Lieutenant Dan go through an extreme transformation. Um, those two figures being very important to his life yeah. are seen through a complete character story, which is what I love. Yeah, Forrest is much more subtle, but that's because yeah. Forrest is experiencing everything as this long story. Right. So yeah. we don't get to we don't uh, compared to Forrest. Uh, the other two we see far less, so we see the like high points of his interaction. Sure, sure, that but, is that is true. And you know that's that's interesting because when you think about like yourself, you're an observer of your own life that's all right. the time, mm-hmm. and so any changes that take place you wouldn't notice unless you looked back over a long period of time and saw yourself like changing. Right. But other people you might not see all the time. You might be like, wow, I didn't see them for like two years. And when I saw them, they were a completely different person, mm-hmm. you know? That's right. So, yeah. yeah. So you don't get to see all the subtle things along the way. Yeah. You only see the big jumps. So a scripture that I found I felt like really touches close on this um, about both Lieutenant Dan and his mom's experiences and, and his experiences with life and death 
is James 1, of course, that says, Count of joy, brothers, when you meet many trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full yeah. effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I think for Lieutenant Dan, that is the story. Yeah. That he survives this ordeal and then has is at complete odds with God for a long time. Uh-huh. Until a great moment in the story, which was what Bob talked about, his transformation. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on to destiny. We should all talk about it, obviously. Yeah. yeah, We're already there, so. This is a great theme in this movie. It's weird, though, because anybody who watches this for a surface-level reason wouldn't pick up on this, I don't think. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe. I think you're right. Maybe but, subtly. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, But uh, it, it, it's definitely an underlying theme, no matter what. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, the more I watch Forskins, the more I realize it really is a huge theme like even the the feather like floating in the air that's exactly right it's kind of like we're well, floating on a breeze yeah mm-hmm. go, go, go and read that quote Zach. okay so i think this is is this not when um he's kind of talking to jenny's grave that's right yeah so he's he stands by jenny's grave so it's towards the end after she already passes on um and he's saying i don't know if we each have a destiny or if we're all just floating around, accidental, like, on a breeze. But I think maybe it's both. Maybe both happening at the same time. And so you get this, like, is it determinism? Or is it, like, self-determinism? And I think maybe one of the reasons I really like Forrest Gump is he um, he really highlights the complicated nature of the kind of the dual reality. Because, like, as Christians... We believe that God is sovereign. Like he is in yeah. control. You know, and I don't think the most extreme Arminian <laughs> still can't say that God isn't in control of things. And yet we also believe in this like free will, unless you're like an extreme Calvinist. But that's the debate. And the debate is just far too simplistic. Because it like is. with God, like God sees all of eternity, you know, and so mm-hmm. maybe Forrest is right, and in some way both can happen at the same time. Like, I I think, like, for me, I obviously believe in free will. I probably lean more on that side of it. Um, but I also be- believe you should have a sense of destiny. Yeah. You know, as a Christian, like, you, you got to know that, like, God has some kind of plan for your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, a determined out blueprint. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, where you have no control over any part of it at all. I think that we have, like, responsibility you know, but I think that that goes, I think responsibility plays into a, um, a sense of destiny too. Like I you have a sense of like, God has a desire for your life that he wants to take you somewhere. And our responsibility is to cooperate with God in that and allowing him to take lead. Um, and so even though he's in control anyway, he's going to get what he desires. <laughs> um, we still are beings that he has given like agency in this life. Um, and that's a gift that we only have because of him. Right. Yeah. And so I love this, uh, proverb, proverb 16, nine, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I found that scripture very enlightening to the situation Mm -hmm. because it really does speak to the duality yeah. Now, is that the full picture? Probably not, but that's a yeah. good place for your mind to start to contemplate it. There's another good one in James somewhere. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I think it's in like James 5, but it says like, you should not say 
uh, tomorrow I will go to this city or that city. I know, or James. No one, no one thing. is promised it tomorrow. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills it, I will go here. You know, that I caught myself mm-hmm. doing that some after I read that scripture recently. I was like, oh, I am telling people about my plans. I guess I'll say, like, if it's God's will, I'll um, buy this house and move. You know, if it's God's will, we'll do this, this, or that. Right. Yeah. Um. So there's a Matrix quote that kind of touches <laughs> on this too, and I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure what she says is, uh, you know, um, the Latin thing that says "Know thyself." Mm-hmm. Um, and then later she goes on to say, like, "We're all here to do what we're all here to do," mm-hmm. which is a very destiny-oriented yeah. thought. Um, but it's funny because the matrix almost makes a case for like the more Calvinistic thinking of like, yeah, it's very destiny. You, you've already made based. the choice. Yeah. All you, all you're doing now is trying to understand the choice that you've made. Yeah. And so it's funny because Forrest Gump kind of gives a more, um, fully like kind of, uh, I would say a duality picture, which is great yeah. because it means that that's not the end of this discussion. But it's a process. So Neo is Calvin and uh, Forrest <laughs> is Jacob Arminius. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I like this next quote. It says, you know, I happen to believe you make your own destiny. That's yeah. That's uh, the mom saying that. And she says, you know, you have to do the best with what what God gave you. Yeah. And so don't you is, also say like I believe I was destined to be your mama? She says, you know? I didn't know it, but I I I I was destined to be your mama. I did the best I could. Yeah. Um, and so that is why at the end when he talks to Jenny's grave, he says, I don't know if mama is right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we all have a destiny or if, if it's Lieutenant Dan and we're all just floating along um, or whatever, you know, I think like it's interesting because, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it's reversed. Lieutenant Dan thinks there's no choice. And the mom says that you can kind of decide what your destiny is. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Cause, cause he says, what's my destiny? And find uh, that out for yourself. Gumps, yeah, you have to figure that out for yourself. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, and these I'm are like, these are huge theological huge. talks, and it's right in this yeah. film. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's such a deep movie with all these different meanings. But but the surface yeah. level is just like a goofy dumb guy living through yeah. the events of American history. And you know when I saw <laughs> when I saw this movie for the first time, I don't know. I was probably like, I was not. I'm probably not even ten years old or something. When you watched it, did you hear this in your mind? Yeah. I love that song. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I just thought, like, the line, I really got to pee, was yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you just said I had to go pee. All these, all these years later, you know, we're still oh, yeah. The early I, deep fake yes. technology. I, I will admit that I did not watch this until the early 2000s. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't a huge movie buff growing up. So my first time I was watching this was in my social studies class in high school. Wow. What, I mean, what was your take? Five out of five? Well, I mean, I, once again, I wasn't huge in the yeah, movie, yeah, so it's it's like it's like ah, it's a good, it's an okay film. No, it's more of a drama. I don't care for dramas. I, I like the action films. You know, I was, gotcha. I was one of those kids. So gotcha. cool. it, it was right at the it was right at the beginning of the uh, yeah. the superhero craze. Yeah, and so it's like, well, it's not Spider Man. That's true. So, yeah, Tobey Maguire is not in it. So yeah, yeah. So which obviously yeah. comes several years after Forrest Gump, but yeah. once again, my context was from the early two thousands. So. I do want to work in uh, this Job thing before we move on to the next one because I thought this really related well. Because um, Mrs. Gump says you have to do the best with what God gives you, and I, they talk a lot about that in Job as Job is like being you know tortured mm-hmm. and stuff. 
And one of the things that Job says to his wife, because his wife comes up to him and she's like, you look miserable. Yeah. Why don't you just curse God and die? That's what she says. To <laughs> yeah. Him. You know, just get it over with. And he goes, shall we accept only the good things God gives us and not the trouble? Well, a lot of people yes. would say that it's, you know, it's tough to, to uh, I think a lot of people in modern culture say it's really tough to mm-hmm. keep getting bad stuff over and over, mm-hmm. which is why Job is such a challenging story. Yeah, it is. For everyone, Christians, non-Christians, it's a very hard story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To understand. But I think with Forrest Gump, he had a lot of adversity. Like, he was um, born with his legs crippled mm-hmm. and slow. You know? Right, but what's weird is he also he also achieved the American dream of, like, yeah. becoming successful, too. And he didn't do it in any weird way. He, I think well, he, had uh, the, he had the wisdom and the willingness to, like, work hard and, you know, the heart that wanted to serve others. And right. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it were this a real person, I would say that God probably used like his faith, mm. you know, and not even just like his faith in like being a part of the Christian religion, but just like he had a certain amount of faith. Like he just trusted, you That's know? Right. Yeah. So, okay. Moving on to, uh, the actual stuff about Jesus and God, which there mm-hmm. is quite a bit. Yeah. I didn't put it all in here because we split it up over the different subjects, but these, yeah are like the hard-hitting talks about mm-hmm. Christianity and stuff that I think are really good. Um, so, Bob, you want to start us off? We can go through them. So I guess it's number eight, Jesus slash God. Yeah. And so the first one here is, this, have you found Jesus yet? They even had a priest come and talk to This him. is Lieutenant Dan yes. on New Year's Eve he, talking yes. to Forrest Gump when they first meet. Yeah. yeah. He said, God is listening to me, but I have to help myself. If I accept Jesus into my heart, I will walk beside him in the kingdom of heaven. Did you hear what I said? Walk beside him in the kingdom of heaven. Well, kiss my crippled blank. Jesus is listening. Or God is listening. What a crock of blank. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. And then Forrest Gump says, says, I'm going to heaven, Lieutenant Dan. And of mm-hmm. course, he responds with, well, before you go, why don't you go out and get us some more alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's, what's funny is that Forrest, again... We've seen in the past, people tell him to do stuff, tell him how to think. Yeah. He says his mama is really smart and helps him to understand. Yeah. But but Lieutenant Dan will say things, and Forrest Gump knows that it's not right. And yeah. he will, like, yeah. just put Call a small up. little, be like, well, I'm going to heaven. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I something I, deeper, like, takes hold, you know? I yeah. really appreciated uh, Lieutenant Dan here. I really did. Despite the fact yeah. that he's rejecting what's been presented to him. I think what he's rejecting is not what is present, oh, what the, the the actual idea as much as how it was presented to him. Yeah. Um, and so in the frustration with being where he is and this idea that oh yeah sure I'm going to walk again, you know it's yeah. just it, it's just feeling insulted about by the notion of it more well, so more so than anything else. What's funny too is that in a way, speaking literally here, in a way he is just like a potential. A uh, person Jesus might heal. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. like a, a guy who might have been a centurion who lost his legs, or mm-hmm. been in, uh, afflicted with like a stomach wound from a spear mm-hmm. or something. Um, the other thing I want to say, I didn't put it in the clip because it's. But now that we're just discussing, uh, I love when Forrest Gump first responds. It's a lot deeper than it sounds initially. He says, "Like, have you found Jesus Gump?" And he goes, "I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him." <laughs> now on bl- on first blush you think like oh it's just like but that's a funny like, play on words this is like a goofy yeah. like yeah. he doesn't quite understand it but if you really think about it deeply which is what i prefer to do i, I may be taking it 
too far. Like I might be reaching with this, but I wonder if the writer was impl- like uh, implying that Jesus is there with him, and so he doesn't yeah. have to look for him. Yeah. But I don't know. But that's me stretching it a bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, th- 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 this whole idea continues on once they're on the boat. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so it's in where he's like, where Lieutenant Dan says, "Where's this God of yours?" And then Forrest replies, "It's funny, Lieutenant Dan said that because right then, right, right then, God showed up. Yeah. And that's when you get the massive hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> and right before that, when they don't catch any shrimp, he says, maybe you should just pray for shrimp." And it's yeah. and then it immediately shows him in like a church like clapping, and yeah. he and it's like an all African American woman's choir. Yeah. Or, well, no, I guess there's some men in the choir too, but he's just off in the corner and he's just like one white guy, yeah. like not knowing the words. It's like Bubba's family's church or something, right? I, I think it's a yeah. church his mom went to as well. Yeah. I think yeah. they go there as as yeah. children. They go there uh, when he's when he's a child. But what I think is funny is he in that moment um, he he goes and sings and then it pans. It does like a long pan shot. Yeah. And you see Lieutenant Dan in his wheelchair in the back of the church, yeah. like drinking alcohol. And he says, Oh, he left the praying up to me, but he would come sometimes. Yeah. I think this whole sequence is a beautiful picture yeah. because think about a person mm-hmm. who is like a complete, like God naysayer, mm-hmm. but he is with someone who, and again, we're supposed to believe that Forrest Gump is dumb and that people just like sort of, pity him and just like have him around but Forrest completely complete like just by Forrest being who he is he completely tears down the like walls of Lieutenant Dan and teaches him stuff it's crazy it gives me goosebumps thinking about it because he 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 shows up and says like oh they gave you the Congressional Medal of Honor what oh that's just perfect you know and he's just like following Forrest around Mm -hmm. acting like a jerk but he's not really acting like a jerk because he defends him. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and you see this on on the New Year's Eve. He's like, "Don't you ever call him stupid." Yes, yeah. I mean he, he defends Forrest. So so they the, have a certain level of like brotherhood because yeah. they were in Nam together. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, yeah, and and so so Lieutenant Dan, yeah, in some regards might be quote unquote following him around, but at the same time, you definitely see Dan pull, uh, Lieutenant Dan pulling on his weight in a variety of different ways. The least of which coming from really helping form the company and well he tells him on new year's because he thinks it's a joke he says yeah well since bubba's dead i guess i'll have to be the captain of the boat <laughs> and i guess and he's like you know what if you become the captain of a ship boat i'll be your first mate you know he's like if you do that i'll become an astronaut and then so then after all that happens and he gets his boat lieutenant dan there's like well i I'm a man of my word I said yes I and, I, and also i really don't have anything else to do so i'm mean, exactly right. yeah and, and so 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 you see him falling around so the scene in the church i think well, as you point out it's it's a he's slowly becoming coming to terms and and, and that process man that that hard process that a lot yeah. of people go through but again and what i'm saying is uh, we talked about this before in the time investment that it takes mm-hmm. to like really show someone what the kingdom is like yeah, and yeah. I, I would even take it a step further and say that if you are a person of salt and light, like Forrest Gump, I believe really is a person of salt and light, as mm-hmm. it's described in the scriptures. And you are uh, with a person like that. You invest time with a person yeah. like that. You will begin to see the kingdom through them. Yeah. yeah, you will be the light on the hill that shows people. Yeah, and then somebody like Lieutenant Dan, who is so angry, so frustrated with that whole situation, mm-hmm. will even then a person like that might even come to God. On the flip side of that, okay, how many churches that you go to, I say you you being the listeners, you being the, the two of you, yeah. how many of you all will go to a church where 
it would be okay for someone to sit in the back of the church and drink alcohol. No, it wouldn't be during no. the service. No. During the yeah. service, right? It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. But and, and so, so, so right. in, in some regard, you could say that this is Lieutenant Dan um, just dishonoring because it was well known in the culture. You don't do that. But on the other hand, the openness of the church to even allow that, so he could continue his own faith journey to begin that process of healing and reconciliation. We never truly know where Lieutenant Dan ends up coming out on the on the side of, of faith. Well, but we, we get a little bit of a hint. We, we, yes. we get a little mm-hmm. bit of hints. I mean, even even Gump says, you know, I think Lieutenant Dan made, made peace with God, but but there's no definite certainty mm-hmm. of you know, hey, I'm in the choir, I'm now part of your church, or you know, I've accepted Christ, or I, I found Jesus, or it, you know, it's, you don't have that language, but you definitely see this transformation happening nonetheless. It's interesting too. So this is another point a lot of people don't seem, like you just mentioned, like we don't know where he ended up, right? Here's one thing you know about Lieutenant Dan. Regardless of how he feels about Christianity, he never doesn't, he he, he at every time acknowledges God as existing. Mm-hmm. And when mm. the storm comes and he's up in the crow's nest, he's like, Come on, God! I'm yeah. right here. <laughs> you know, and he's like screaming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, ah, "You'll never sink this boat!" <laughs> and so then, then, like you said, he has that part where they're 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 fishing. They got the shrimp. Things are going well, and he's on the boat. And he says, "Like, I never thanked you for saving my life." And he just kind of like hops in the water and starts swimming. And there's this beautiful like pan up of like mm. a sunset, and he's swimming. And it says, you know, he never said it, but I think he made his peace with God. And so what I think he really means there to play devil's advocate to us as Christians is I think he actually made peace with himself in a lot of ways. Like, got over things the same way that Forrest Gump has to later when he does the running. It's like Mm -hmm. his version of that, like his his version of getting over things. Mm -hmm. So let me, we're probably going to lightning round a few of these because I know we're getting closer to the end, but some of these are not as important as the main narrative. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that race is not an important issue, but I'm just saying in terms of what the, the movie is showing us. So all throughout the film, I'll just go quickly all throughout the film. Uh, the idea of Forrest Gump's, uh, I would call it ignorance of race is actually a beautiful picture because mm-hmm. he not only is friend, close friends with the people that, uh, I think in some capacity work, but also live on uh, the mom's property. Yeah, yeah. I think he basically, I think, oh, wait, no, no. When they're kids, he says that his mom just opened the house to whoever wants to yeah. stay there and they would pay to live there with them and she would just make dinner and stuff. Yeah. And so one of them is a woman, African-American, that he knows from a young age. Oh, yeah, that's right. Then he grows up, he um, becomes friends with Bubba, mm-hmm. he gives money to Bubba's family, he's... He's so oblivious to that, but he also has the yeah. comment about the guy says there's going to be coons coming to. And yeah. I hate to even use that word. Ugh. But, but he's he he's like coons. To mean that animal raccoons. Anytime they come, oh, we just swoop off swoop the broom. Room, room. And then he yeah. starts. He, and then they say the n word, and they want to go to school with us. He's like, oh, they do. And then yeah. they see on like screen on the news, the girl drops the book. He's like, man, you dropped your book. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. supposed to be a uh, just a local school or somewhat famous school that first integrates uh no, no, that, that was i believe that was that was is it a famous a, school no no yeah, in, that, in alabama no 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 no. that that was the famous one okay where, where, yeah, where, where, right. where the girl yes i want to say that was brown versus board of education came as a result as a result oh, of that man, i actually don't i should have researched case, this I, do, 
I, 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 remember, I feel terrible I, in hindsight well, of actually in, not knowing exactly that reference. They bring in the but, National Guard. Right, because, yeah. because of your are concerned about her safety. Well, right, right, because this was the end of segregated schools That's in right. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so she was the first black woman to go to what what, what yeah. used to be a, 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 they want to go to school a, a white us. school. And yes, yeah. that was so a very then, famous event in American history that I feel terrible for not actually remembering the exact name of. Where a Republican president brings in the National Guard to defend uh, okay no 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 politics eisenhower eisenhower so uh so in galatians 3 28 (laughs) it says there is neither jew nor gentile there is neither slave nor free there is no male or female for you are all one in christ jesus so i feel like the movie exemplifies that so much and then moving on to like actions and stuff um we see um this phrase come up a lot and I, and I had to actually look up what the basis of this phrase is because mm-hmm. people thought it was nonsense, but actually stupid is as stupid does is based yeah. on an original phrase. Handsome is as handsome does from the fifties. Oh really? And what it meant was you're as handsome as your deeds. Hmm. So when the mom says stupid is as stupid does, she was actually saying something really deep there that yeah. people didn't realize. You're not actually stupid unless you act stupid. Well, she was saying, like, yeah. let let your intelligence be judged by the deeds you by do. The deeds you do. That's right. And through yeah. the film, we see that his deeds are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. he, is, he is a man of many amazing deeds. And as a result of that, he doesn't appear stupid to me. <laughs> like, that's the, that's the point of the movie in a lot of ways. It very much is the point of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, then moving on to forgiveness. Um, this is just a really quick one. There's not exactly any quotes where he's like, I just figured I'd forgive. You know, there's nothing like that necessarily. But throughout the film, Jenny constantly kind of like shows up and leaves. She does some kind of weird like stuff where she'll be mad or upset with him and then leave. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, later she ends up in the movie in the movie apologizing. But there's never a, like, oh, well, uh, you know. It's always yeah. just that he already, like, was cool with everything. And he never holds anything against uh, Lieutenant Dan either, even though Lieutenant Dan's kind of a crab after yeah, the whole film. Yeah, that's right. And so I just thought it was significant. But there is one part in it that, again, is a very significant moment about forgiveness and maybe a little bit about, like, re- the past and regrets and stuff, which mm-hmm. we'll get into, where she sees the old house her father abused her in when she was a child and, like, throws rocks at it. Yeah, and people again say this is nonsense, but it's not nonsense. It's really not. It's intentional. He says sometimes because she runs out of rocks and like falls over and cracks, yeah. and he says sometimes there's just not enough rocks, and so people are like that doesn't make any sense. But what it what I believe the writer was intending to say was even if you had like a million rocks, you could never like get rid of That's your true. past that way. Yeah. You could, like, never throw enough rocks to, like, rid yourself right. completely of pain. It's like kind of like the forgiveness episode a few episodes back where we yeah. talked about how it's about letting go, you know, and trusting God with it. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right, so being different. Um, just real quick, uh, there's a really interesting part where uh, when he pulls uh, uh, Gump off the hospital bed and he's laying on the ground, he says... Don't you, do you have any idea what it's like not to be able to use your legs? And he says, actually, I yes, sir, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And it's funny because the mom tells him, tells her over, tells him over and over when he's a kid, you are no different from anybody else, even though he's like got a low IQ. And immediately in the jump cut, the principal's like, yo, boys, 
different. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah. this constant thing of like he needs to remember that you know the truth is he is different. He is a different yeah. breed of person. But I would argue that being different is better. Being different is good. And and so the final like nail in the coffin for that is when the principal is talking to her. She says. He's like, well, this is normal. And here's your son right down here. And she goes like, oh, what's normal anyway? Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about five she has, points here. She has a point. Yeah. And then in uh, Philippians uh, 2.15, it says um, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. That's almost saying that, like, it's better to be different. <laughs> that's, that's my point. Yep. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. I would argue that Lieutenant Dan, just like it says in James, is a better person for all the experiences he had. Mm -hmm. I mean, really think about that hard. And that's, yeah. So, okay. Sorry, you guys can take over some of these. I was just trying to rattle them off quickly. Well, there's a lot left. (laughs) There's wealth and giving. There's worry. Well, wealth and giving, we kind of talked a little bit about already. Yeah, we could probably squash that one. Yeah. We know the situation. The worry thing, I'll just quickly go. It's just when he says, oh, well, now that we're a gazillionaire, we don't have to worry about money anymore. And he says, oh, one last thing. That's good. And it's funny because in Matthew. Let's look at Matthew 6 scripture. Yeah. Yeah. You, what, you, you, yeah. Do not be anxious about anything in life. Part of Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we all know the Sermon on the Mount. I'll just say quickly that that's interesting because. When he says we don't have to worry about money, it's as if he wasn't worried about it already. And he was like, oh, is that something we need to worry about? Well, yeah. that's good. Oh, now well, not to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, then uh, miracles. Briefly, he says, Mama always said miracles happen every day. Some people don't believe it, but they, they do. do. <laughs> good one. <laughs> um, so then um, about regret is what he's running. And he says, Mama said you have to put the past behind you before you can move on. I think that's what my running was all about. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. A lot of the nuggets, you know, who of, are, of from, truth. are from the mom. mom. But what's funny is... That's he, why I said it, she's yeah. like Ruth in a way. He talks about um, having to run to like put the past behind him. But that's the character arc of Jenny throughout the entire film. That's true. That's kind of what she's trying to do because she grew up abused mm-hmm. and turns to like, you know trying to be a star first and then kind of turns to the hippie lifestyle and then to like drugs and stuff. And it's all just trying to kind of like run and she ends up with a lot of regret. That's right. Yeah. Like it's funny because him, him, him running again is that theme of like run forest run. Yeah. So in every aspect of his life running is like a part of like what he's doing. Yeah. So what's interesting is that the running aspect of running across the country isn't him escaping his problems as much as Jenny is. It's more like yeah. he is processing yeah. his grief and getting past it mm-hmm. through running. Whereas Jenny is like so consumed with it that she can't like move on with her life. Yeah. So it's an escapism. Whereas I think yeah. with the uh, forest, it's more about a process. Yeah. Which is, which is interesting because again, you said throughout the whole movie, we see Jenny's like stops yeah. And it's never like her processing anything. It's her just kind of like trying to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, if we had um, Daniel Sulfridge on here, like we had the one time, he would probably tell us that Jenny is dealing with a severe trauma. Trauma. Yeah, definitely. And so that would be. So anyway, dedication, we've already ran through. We don't need to do it again. But I'll just say everything he did in the movie, if yeah. it was ping pong, if it was football, 
he was just like, I got to be the best at it. Military, you got to be the yeah. best one with the gun, you know? Yeah. These are all, these are all uh, what I would call virtues that the Bible like clearly lines out. Um, and then loyalty, we don't even need to cover. We talked about him with Bubba. Yeah. Um, and so he, he's like, you know, Lieutenant Dan says, I'm going to airstrike the whole area. He says, um, I got to find Bubba. Even yep. if, even if it means, mm-hmm. yep. And so then heroism and courage, we've already really gone through that. Yeah. Uh, but I like this quote in particular because I thought it was uh, insightful. He he, when he first finds the first guy, it's this guy Tex. Yeah. Who you don't see much in the film. It's funny because their most dramatic moments are this part, not not the parts where you first see them or meet them. Mm-hmm. Because when he first introduces them, they're just like laying down in a ditch yeah. far away off the camera right. and stuff. He's like, I don't remember where text come from. Yeah. But in this part, he's, he's, <laughs> which is, which is just a, a very funny line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a journal. Well, it's funny because they yeah. always make a joke of each one of them having a name of a place, yeah. but the place they came from was different. Yeah. But uh, he says, I couldn't just let him lay there all alone, scared the way he was. So I grabbed him up and run him out of there. Yeah. And it's funny because we get back to that right and wrong. But I would say you take that a step further into this idea of like, without skipping a beat he just goes from being fleeing to like being a hero yeah like it's yeah. all part of his personality who he is yeah it really made me think of this one scripture first john uh three sixteen. this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters that's right and there's another one that's like john 15 we might have already read it but it's the one that's like greater love has no man than the one who laid down his life for his friends. That's right. Um, and so that the Bible definitely defines love as a self-sacrifice. Absolutely and it is. A self-sacrifice also involves like heroism and courage. Right. Yeah. And so finally we get to love, um, mm-hmm. which I think, again, another, I would say well, for a lot of people who have looked a little bit deeper into the film, they would say this is probably the central uh, idea of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the relationship between him and Jenny, which a lot of people say is toxic and codependent and terrible, but you got to understand that Forrest really doesn't see in the same way that we yeah. do the relationship. Uh, most people would say that Jenny is bad for him, but he already understands that like the person she is that he knows goes beyond just like a drug addict yeah. or anything, and so mm-hmm. he is he is re- literally willing to wait for the entire yeah. thing. And so um, I love his line of saying, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. He's actually not answering her just then. He's answering her from a lo- like a long time earlier in the film. Mm-hmm. When he first grabs her out of the naked music parlor thing, mm-hmm. he goes like, I love you, Jenny. And she goes, you don't know what love is. And then she gets up on the bridge and like, kind of suggests she's yeah. going like, to kill herself. And so... This, it's this part like years later where he says I'm not mm-hmm. a smart man but I know what love is yeah because he says I love you and she says you don't want to marry me and stuff right um and so then later with his son you know he's like Horace I want to tell you that I love you and he's like oh, yeah. it's like the last line that yeah. he says before he gets on the bus yeah mm-hmm. uh but here's here's what I think maybe be might be the most uh accurate description of Gump in terms of love so the way he 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 shows uh-huh. love throughout the film is like this. In First Corinthians thirteen, starting verse four, he says, "You know, it says love is patient and love is kind." That's a Forrest Gump isn't mm-hmm. there. Love does not envy or boast. He's not a boastful guy. 
It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends, or in the case of other scripture, love never fails. Mm -hmm. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. And it says, but, uh, you know, going on. Yeah. These three things, uh, faith, yeah. hope, and love, uh, yep. the grace of Jesus, yeah. love. Yeah. And so what's what's significant is as I was reading that, I had to add it because that is Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is patient and kind. Yeah. He doesn't boast. He's not arrogant. He's not yeah. rude. He's not irritable. He's not resentful. Because we see he doesn't resent Jenny. He's still there waiting for her. Um, he doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing at all. And he, he's a very truth-based living guy. He bears all the things and believes all the things. So... I just think it's interesting that the scripture so closely resembles uh, Forrest Gump. And for me, that means that he is sort of exemplifying the righteous man. And it has nothing to do with how intelligent he is. And so that is a significant point the movie, I think, makes is that he this is this is why Jenny marries him. This is why Lieutenant Dan is his friend. It's because you don't need to be smart to be a good person yeah. or an impactful person. Then this might be somewhat insulting to Jenny in some regards, but I do find their relationship to be kind of similar to a Hosea and uh, and Gomer. Let's bring it back. And I don't mean in the insulting kind of way. I mean, not, not that she's a prostitute, but she's definitely one who continually mm-hmm. runs from Forrest. Sure. And he is patiently waiting and pursuing her yeah. constantly. And well, you see this relationship. And now obviously from the biblical perspective, God told him God told him to marry Gomer because she was unfaithful as a yeah. representation, as as an as a metaphor for how for 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 uh for Israel mm-hmm. and their unfaithfulness to him. Yeah. Right. To, to, to God the Father. Um so but it it, it there there's most certainly this parallel as we've been talking about this sitting here it just came to me you know, there's just definitely this parallel here between Hosea and, and his relationship with Gomer and the constant pursuit. And she's, right. she's rejecting him over and over again. Well, if we can if we can expand that out just a teeny tiny bit more, <laughs> a, a lot of people yeah, who examine Hosea would say that that is both a real person and an allegory for Israel, mm-hmm. right? For the Absolutely. people of God. Yes. And so if we take an even greater look at Jesus and even for a small blasphemous moment, assume that he is God and Jenny would be the people of Israel. He is giving so, so, to, to, to take on Gump is metaphorically the <laughs> yeah, 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 no, Christ no, here. Right, metaphorically, right. yeah. So he is he is patiently waiting for, mm-hmm. for her to return. And it's funny because her slight returns here and there are in a lot of ways like the people of God throughout the minor prophets and stuff leading up yeah, to the crucifixion like and stuff. Little revivals. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, think about it. Like when uh, Jonah is sent to Nineveh and they have like for a time, like a, like a total like faith, like they're very like faithful. And mm-hmm. Jonah was like, oh, I didn't want them to be because mm-hmm. they're so, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the enemy. They're, they're, they're literally the enemy of, of, of Israel at that time. And Jonah's dead. Which is my point about yeah. Jenny. In her defense she's an imperfect person as we are imperfect right mm-hmm. absolutely she's making mistakes as we make mistakes absolutely and for somebody to not only give her a second chance but continually love her and always be waiting is a beautiful tale yeah 
So that, of course, that that love story. Thank you, Bob. Man, that's a good uh, insight. That uh, story is pivotal to the movie because at the end, um, he is left without Jenny. He gets a very small time with her, which is sad. But his life continues on and his destiny to be, I guess, a father of a smart kid. Yeah. He's smarty. <laughs> and just, I mean, that's just, that's just great. It's just, uh, and, and like you said with the feather, when it floats, part of it is the floating on the breeze. Uh, that, yeah. Fatelessness. Mm-hmm. But it does fall at his foot and he does put it in the book his mom read to him yeah. for later. As if it was right. meant to fall at his feet. So destiny, yeah. love, yeah. loyalty, friendship, it all just comes together in a beautiful way. connects. I gotta say, 10 out of 10, yeah. nothing I, nothing about this movie is bad. And as another Robert Zemeckis film would say, that's the power of love. So, alright guys, um, this episode probably went over a little bit long, but yeah, uh, this was us doing our best uh, to squeeze it all in. Uh, we enjoyed uh, not only reviewing it, but just kind of talking about everything leads back to God, right? So uh, it's awesome to revisit a film and look at it in this lens. So I got to say, this is going to be probably something we do again, for sure. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe in the future, maybe once a yeah. month or something. I, I, I really enjoy taking something like this and seeing how it, just the, the parallels of scripture and, and the ways that it points towards um, the way that God has instructed us in a lot of ways. I wouldn't say this applies to every film. There's obviously films oh, sure. that don't do it, but we will maybe do a little research and find out which ones we feel like yeah. really do do that well. Um, and uh, yeah, so check us out on Patreon. Check us out on all the places you get your podcasts. Please send us a comment or at least give us uh, some kind of a rating or anything. We love your interaction uh, and we will catch you next time. Peace.